Welcome to Defeat PPD, where we empower women to overcome anxiety and depression in motherhood without medication. I'm Arielle Wozniak, and I'm a maternal mental wellness coach, and I will be leading you through this journey. Welcome to episode number 55. This is your host, Arielle Wozniak. Um, I do want to mention at the start of this episode, very much like I did in episode 54, that I am going to be releasing the Defeat PPD self-led program. I am selecting five ladies to do this totally for free. I'll be shipping all the materials to you. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, listen to the end of the episode to get all the details. So today's episode is one that um, I really hope is super beneficial to you all. Um, I want to talk to you about something called cognitive distortions. And it may not be a term that you've heard before, but if you are someone who's struggling with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, or anxiety or depression in any form, then you have some sort of cognitive distortion happening. So the other day, I was actually in a store, and I was with a couple of different family members, and I just so happened to be the person who um, had kind of led that trip to the store. We were at the grocery store. We had picked up a couple of items, which I had intended to pay for. They were items that were going back to my house, and so I had every – like I already knew that I was paying for these groceries. And we get to the ice cream aisle, which was a part of our plan. We were planning to get ice cream. And I was not planning to get ice cream for myself, but was planning to get ice cream for everyone else. So in total, there are what, like eight or nine of us? I don't know. A lot of people is the point. And I was planning to get ice cream for everyone else, but right now I am on a health kick. And so I am eating healthy and really trying to stay away from things like that. So we're in the aisle and both of my sons were there um, and they, of course, always want to get their own individual ice creams. They're not big on sharing. And so for them, in their minds, makes more sense for them to get these individual ice creams. Obviously, they last longer. They can get their own flavors and all that jazz. However, when you're buying ice cream for eight or nine people, It can get pretty expensive if you're buying everyone an individual ice cream. And if you know me, then you know that I don't really like to spend money too much. So I did not want to buy that many individual ice creams. If it was just my two boys, then probably would have been fine with that. But knowing that I had to get ice cream for everyone, the most cost-effective option was to get like a bigger thing of ice cream that everyone would like. And so I let them know as soon as they asked, hey, we are not getting the individual ice creams, we are going to be getting the bigger ice creams that we can all share. Of course, they're disappointed, whatever. They'll get over it. They're five and seven. Um, They face these daily disappointments of me saying no. And so they were fine after a couple of minutes or so. And we're looking at the ice creams and all that stuff. And one family member kind of travels off down the way and is looking at ice cream down there. And we're kind of all doing our own thing. So that family member who was a little bit further off comes back and has an individual ice cream in their hand. 
And if you recall, I just had told my children that we're not getting individual ice creams. And so my first thought was to say, hey, kind of like threw my hands up, if you will. And I'm like, I'm not getting any individual ice creams. I just told my kids that I'm not buying individual ice cream. Not even thinking about the the idea that they could actually pay for it themselves. And so that was uh, on my that was my fault for just kind of assuming that I would be the person like paying for it and whatnot. And so I was just like, hey, I'm not doing that. And that kind of turned into this disagreement. And it ended with um, the individual being upset that I was essentially saying that um, – like you can't get an individual ice cream, which is not what I was trying to say. I mean, in a way I was, but I was just saying I wasn't purchasing any individual ice creams because I had already told them. This person happens to be far older than five or seven. And so they were just kind of offended by me basically saying I'm not buying that ice cream. And they ended up putting it back and all that. And I was saying like, hey, if you want to buy it yourself, like that's totally fine. And it was not totally fine. By this point, it was like a a, a bigger disagreement and I could feel the tension in the air. And so I just walked away, walked back to my kids who were a little bit further down um, and was trying to discuss with them the different choices and they are not coming to a decision. They're both arguing. One wants like churro ice cream, which sounded amazing, honestly. Um, it had like little churro bits, sugar, cinnamon, caramel, like it sounded really good. Five-year-old does not want that ice cream. He wants to get, I don't even know, some other weird ice cream that probably no one else wanted to eat. And so they're not on the same page at all. And then I have one other family member there who's saying, hey, we should get birthday cake ice cream. So everyone's on a totally different page, all looking at different ice cream. And it's just like, seems like chaos to me. And so I finally say, you know, if we can't agree on what ice cream to get, mainly talking to my five and seven year old, five and seven year old, then we're not getting any ice cream at all. And so immediately the screams, the whining, the crying, and I'm just like stressed out at this point. This was supposed to be something fun. And now the thought that comes to my head is I cannot please anyone. No matter how hard I try, I just cannot get it right. And so all of a sudden, instead of me just being in the moment of, wow, this is frustrating. No one's on the same page about what ice cream they can get. Completely not even a real like problem. Now I've gotten to this stage of I am unworthy. I'm not able to, to please people. I can't get this right. And I am almost at the point of tears over ice cream and people not being able to get on the same page about ice cream. And finally, I'm like, hey, let's just leave. No one wants to leave. It's just like, let's decide on an ice cream. And so I have to stand there with them deciding on an ice cream. Finally, they choose an ice cream and we all get to go about our business, leave the store, the end. Except it's not really the end. I came home and I sulked in that and just feeling totally miserable and like, what is the point? Um, maybe people are just better off without me. Like if I'm going to be this dramatic about something so small, then maybe they are better off without me. Like I can't get this thing right no matter what. 
and it totally ruined my night. Um, that it had been honestly an amazing day. It had been such a great day. Um, we hung out at my sister's house earlier in the day and went for a walk, had dinner together. Like it was great. It was a great day. Not dinner. It was dunch, according to my sister. It was like a, a late lunch, early dinner. Um, and so it was just a really fun day. And I was so happy prior to going into that grocery store. And then all of a sudden coming out of the grocery store with this like life sucks attitude. And I had to catch myself. Um, I remember once I got home, I had probably been here for, I don't know, seven minutes or so. And I was just in the misery, sulking, like, woe is me. And it hit me. I am a living example of a cognitive distortion, things being totally blown out of proportion. And the funniest part about all of this is that my plan for that day, which it happened to be Saturday, um, my plan for Saturday was actually to record this podcast about this specific topic, the topic being cognitive distortions. And the day just kind of got away from me. And like I said, we had lunch, And so we were like rushing to get out of here and all that stuff. And so I didn't get to record the episode. And then later in the day, I get the story that I'm going to share for the episode. And so I just thought it was funny that like I was planning to talk about this. And then here I am just like living and breathing it and not even really noticing it until that whole thing unfolding for probably 45 minutes total, including the time at the store and then driving home and getting home and still sulking. And then it hit me. And I was like, okay, let's take a look at this. Let's really start to, to tear apart this argument. And if you're not familiar with cognitive distortions, essentially it's just this erroneous way of thinking. There are a lot of different sorts of cognitive distortions. Um, for me, I tend to be a lot in this like polarized thinking. Things are either black or white. I struggle with living in the gray. And so things are either great or I am a failure. Things are terrible. Life is not worth it. And for me, it, it means that I have to like bring those two sides together. Yes, life is not always rainbows and butterflies, but it's also not this terrible dark place where nothing ever goes right. It's somewhere in the center. And so I have to get back to that place of being in the center. Um, so I, I focus a lot on polarized thinking, um, over general overgeneralization mouthful is another cognitive cognitive distortion it's basically when you take a single incident and you draw a conclusion a general conclusion from that one incident like being in the store and not being able to get everyone on the same page and now all of a sudden that means that i have failed at life that is a, a huge overgeneralization. That does not mean that I failed at life. It means that I couldn't get everyone on the same page. Another um, cognitive distortion, if you will, 
will if, is this idea of jumping to conclusions. This is something that I have struggled with for most of my life. And I feel like a lot of us kind of do this where we get one small idea or hear of one thing and automatically jump to a conclusion. Like I know how this story ends. This is the classic fortune telling. Um, this can happen with any number of things. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that's like super negative, but a lot of times our mind just naturally tends to jump to what it thinks is coming next. Another thing that um, is a cognitive distortion and one that I still struggle with is this idea of catastrophizing. Um, essentially, it's just expecting disaster at any given moment. And I think the thing that um, was so, not even so interesting, but I observed on Saturday is that because it had been such a great day, my mind was like searching for that one thing to go wrong. I actually remember as we were on the highway and we were driving back towards our part of town, um, my sister lives a little bit more like actually into the city. And so probably like a, a 40 minute drive or so, but either way, we were on the highway driving back towards our part of town. And I just remember thinking like, this has been such a good day. I wonder if something bad will happen <laughs> or, or I wonder what bad thing will happen. I tend to like sometimes just want to go to sleep when I'm having like a really good day. I'm like, I didn't need to go to sleep and like put a, put a period on this day right here because it's going so well. I don't want anything to go wrong with this day. And I know that something has to go wrong. So let's just take a nap here, just go to sleep, end it. And we could say it was a great day. And so I actually remember like thinking what one thing will it be today that will kind of be the, the bad of the day, if you will. Um, a couple of other uh, cognitive distortions are things like blaming um, and kind of this idea of should, like I should do this, I should be better at this, I should fill in the blank. Um, that's a, another example of a cognitive distortion. And then um, the last one that I'll cover, just for time's sake here, is this idea of always being right. And this was something that I did struggle with in the past, but by the grace of God, I do not anymore. I'm totally fine with admitting when I am wrong, and that happens a lot um, because I am human. But I used to have this really big issue with just admitting that I was wrong about something. I remember when Jeremy and I first started dating, I actually told him, when I'm right, I'm right. When I'm wrong, I'm right. And I was half kidding, but mostly serious um, because I just always had to be right. And so there are a number of cognitive distortions. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about it, a quick Google search will definitely bring up a number of them. But start to analyze your thoughts as you have them and make sure that you're not leaning towards one particular way or leaning towards a cognitive, 
cognitive distortion and leaving out information. Um, and I, I know I said that was the last cognitive cognitive distortion I would talk about, but filtering is another one that happens quite often. And many of us tend to filter out any of the good and hyper focus in on the bad. And so it's it's like this process of like. I don't know, like a hundred great things can happen and then one bad thing happens and you're like, that's it. That's what I'm hooked on to. Let's focus in on that. Everything else is irrelevant. I have zeroed in on what I need to focus on and it's this one negative thing. And so I think it's really important for us to start to pick apart our thoughts and not just believe everything that we think. And I think that it's um, it's something that's difficult for many of us because we kind of feel like, well, if I thought it, then I mean, it must be true. And that's why so many of us struggle if we ever have um, intrusive thoughts because we think like, well, I thought that. That must mean that it is in some way true. That doesn't make it true just because you think it. And I know that's difficult to understand. It's a difficult concept to grasp. But just because you think something does not make it true. And so I'll go back to that example of what happened on Saturday. And I have now gotten to the end of this 45 minutes and have realized that I was definitely overgeneralizing, that I was filtering out any good that was happening in really just hyper-focusing on the bad and that I was still living in this black and white world. It was like super, super amazing. And then one thing wrong, terrible, world sucks. And so I had to come to that realization and then decide, what am I going to do about this? Am I going to allow this um, distorted way of thinking to ruin my day? Or do I want to acknowledge it, journal about it, and just kind of move forward from that moment? That's the choice that I made. I took some time to sit outside, which is where I am right now, one of my favorite places, just on the back porch, Um, sat out here, really kind of thought through like what actually happened? What really happened back there? It wasn't that I couldn't please everyone. It was literally just that everyone wanted something different. One person wanted birthday cake ice cream. One person wants chocolate ice cream. One person wants churro ice cream. Another wants oat milk ice cream. They're all just different people. And that's okay. It's okay to be in those places of overwhelm or not necessarily knowing what to do. And being okay with that, not allowing that to mean something about you. Because that event did not mean anything about me. It didn't mean that I was any less capable of anything just because I couldn't get everyone to agree on one particular ice cream flavor brand, what have you. And so I, I wrote that out in my journal and started to look through that process and recognized exactly where the errors were in my thinking and decided intentionally to think differently. 
that is the biggest, like, kind of, uh, that's the biggest thing you can do to destroy distorted thinking is to actually acknowledge it and then intentionally think different. And so I inserted what I wanted my new thought to be, like how I wanted to think about this situation. And then I was able to enjoy the rest of the night. I was able to watch TV, unwind, enjoy the rest of the time with my family, put the kids to bed, and be okay. And I think it was just a, a good reminder to me that we go through these types of things on a daily basis. You are going to have distorted thoughts and erroneous ways of thinking regularly. And it is our job to recognize that and then to correct it. So I know that when I was really like kind of struggling with postpartum depression, post, bleh, postpartum depression and anxiety, um, so many times I messed up on like doing things for the baby. Um, and I would make bottles incorrectly. I would warm up food for too long. I would forget that I um, had like started something, whether it was like dinner or whatever it might be. And I had to show myself so much grace. Your mind, especially when you're anxious or depressed, it's processing so much information and it's typically very hyper-focused on things. And so it might be difficult for you to concentrate on other things if your mind is super focused on something in particular. And so in those moments, I had to tell myself, it doesn't mean that I'm a failure as a mom. It doesn't mean that my kids are better off without me. It doesn't mean that my husband could do this better than I could just because I make a mistake. We are all human and we will all make mistakes. So again, if you are struggling with those negative thoughts, then definitely look up cognitive distortions and start to identify which ones you can kind of see happening throughout your life. And if you're interested in specifically getting help for that, the Defeat PPD self-led program is going to cover cognitive distortions in detail and help you to actually identify them and overcome them in a way that makes sense for you in your life. So as I said in the beginning of this episode, if you're interested in finding out more about that, five ladies, totally for free, I will ship you all of the supplies. You'll have access to weekly videos um, and just an opportunity for you to walk through this program and actually get to retrain your brain and the way that you think so that you can be more skewed to the positive. So I hope that this episode was beneficial to you. As always, feel free to reach out to me by email, info at defeatppd.com, and I will see you on the next episode. Bye. All right. So as I said in the intro to the episode, I'm very excited that I am so close to releasing the self-led Defeat PPD program. 
while I've been working on this, I really feel like God has led me through this process of creating a very solid nine-week program that is going to change lives. And so that's super exciting for me. I know that nine weeks is quite a commitment, but um, I really feel like if you are someone who's struggling with postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression, nine weeks is not a long time and the nine weeks are going to pass anyway. So why not use that time to actually make some progress? My hope is that this nine-week program, like I said, will change the lives of many women, but I want to get the feedback from five individual ladies first. And because of that, I'm going to be offering the program for free. The entire program is going to include weekly videos. So there'll be nine different videos for you to watch, as well as a workbook. Typically, you would have to pay for the workbook and for the videos and the program as a whole. But for these five women who come into the program first, um, it's going to be absolutely free. So I'm going to ship you the workbooks. I'm going to provide all of the content to you for free. And all I ask for from you, well, two things really, is that number one, you commit entirely to the program for the full nine weeks. The first group of us will be going through this program at the exact same time, but because it is self-led, I won't be specifically leading you through the group, but we'll be on the same week the entire time. So we're starting September 1st. There is some prep work that goes into it. So the sooner you apply, get accepted, um, you have time to review before we actually get started. And so September 1st, is the date to remember. That'll be the week that everything's kicking off. That is a Tuesday though. Um, and then this is going to run the full nine weeks all the way until October 31st. So that'll be the end of the program at the 31st. And within the two weeks following that, um, you would have to complete a follow-up call with me. And then also, um, I would like for you to write a review. So this is an honest review. I'm not asking you to say great things about the program if you really didn't get anything great out of it. Um, I want to hear your honest experience, your feedback, things that I can improve, change, those sorts of things before I officially launch this to the public. So if you would like to be a part of that, you can apply. It's defeatppd.com, D-E-F-E-A-T-P-P-D. Dot com. You'll fill out the application there. And then I will give you a call to actually talk through um, your experience right now and see if you're a good candidate for the program. And if you are, and you're one of the, the first five ladies to do that, then you'll get everything for free. That's it. So really excited about this. I hope that, um, I hope that I'll get really five really committed ladies to go through this nine-week process. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, info at defeatppd.com, and I'll see you next time. Bye.